Welcome to uh, Here You Are, Wasa. This is episode number 73 in the what I believe is the fourth year of us doing this podcast, which is kind of amazing. So thank you, Eric, for that, for all these years. Um, and yeah, so the standout thing here is that this is uh, just going to be me talking to a microphone time which is always super challenging because i am i am prone to navel gazing which uh just sort of lamenting my solo experience in the world which is brutal i've never really kind of tried to to do this in public if you will um so we're going to give it a shot just because I wanted to make some changes. Eric's not gone or anything, and, you know, we're we're still going to have guests. But to, to be fair, it's fucking hard to get people to be on a podcast, especially if you're, you know, sort of socially awkward like Eric and I are. And uh, for me, at least, my sort of social circle of whatever – has has gotten smaller and smaller over the years, and so as a result, I you know I'm, I feel really quite awkward saying, "Hey, you you want to be on the podcast?" So I thought, you know, let's try something different, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. I think these are obviously going to be much shorter because it's only one minute and thirty five seconds, and I'm already just stretching, trying to come up with something cool to say. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the nature of of whatever the hell I'm going to do right now. So I, <clears throat> I think one of the cool things about doing this by myself if you will, is needing to have the courage to tell the stories that I want to tell, to talk about the stuff that I want to talk about. And you, in 2020, you'd be surprised how much that can be a challenging for some people. And, you know, we're, we're, we live in these times of, of tremendous outrage and tremendous social attacking and uh and i think that speaking up and saying hey motherfucker this is this is what i think is is a real challenge i might be wrong there might be t uh, an entire movement out there of of people who are just yelling about whatever comes into mind i mean there might be Allen Ginsberg might be happening again in this generation, and I just don't know it because, you know, I'm an old white man who, who doesn't pay close enough attention to 
the pulse of the world, I guess. But anyway, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting sort of time for me emotionally this year. Really, just the last quarter of this year, some things have have come up, and here's here's where we run into that navel gazing, which I'm going to try to avoid, but there's just no avoiding it. Navels are fun to gaze at, and it's fun to talk about yourself in these great grandiose terms and stuff like that, or or in these amazingly self-pitying nonsense stuff, and so I'm trying to not go for any of that. I just burped. Um, so one of the cool things is, like I said, I get to tell the stories I want to tell. And one of the stories that I'm going to tell over time, and it's it's essentially going to be a love poem to to some people, to um, the the people in or around 2409 East Linwood when I was in college. And the reason that these, they've always been sort of in the front of my head and in front of my heart. And we, in it's where I lived in college and it was with a bunch of strangers and stuff like that. Or we were strangers in the beginning. And by the time we were over, we were everybody's best friends. Then standing up in everybody's weddings and da-da-da-da-da. So we were, that's kind of what that was. And, uh. But now we're all uh, in our late 40s. Maybe maybe Kirk is in his early 50s. Ha <laughs> fuck Kirk. Way to go, buddy. Um, you're older uh, and probably best preserved. But so I thought uh, some things had come up where I got a chance to speak to Kirk's daughter. And I spoke to Kirk's daughter around the same age as I met her father. She was interested. She's a, a college freshman at DePaul. And uh, we we had reason to talk on the phone. And she sought me out and we had a conversation, which was weird as hell. Like, just the idea that I was... One, that I was talking to an 18-year-old is, is always strange because I don't do that very... I hardly ever like talk to young people, just, it doesn't come up in my daily life. Um, and then the second part is that's roughly the age when Kirk and I met each other. It was, I mean, it was a couple of years later, we were probably 21, but still we were together for our twenties and she, you know, which is what I consider college. And she was, uh, in college at DePaul. So that's kind of fun. And along with that, a woman from 2409, one of our friends, uh, reached out to me. Uh, I had I had left I've left social media f- for all intents and purposes. I uh, I left Facebook over a year ago and deleted my account. And uh, recently, I don't know, two three months ago, I stopped posting on Twitter. I still use Twitter to gather news and whatnot, but I uh, don't post anything anymore. So that's kind of a good thing. So my friend Kelly, who we're talking about tonight, uh, reached out and just sort of to make sure I was okay. Apparently she listens to the podcast. Hello, Kelly. 
and uh, we're going to give her the right to to tell me I shouldn't talk about her like this, but I'm probably going to talk about her like this anyway, so she can, you know, because she's sitting there terrified what, what I'm going to say, because it was college, and I'm not going to say any of those things, because that's, it was college, and we all get to have college. But uh, that being said, we, she called and she checked up on me, which I found so amazingly, I'm, I'm going to use the word intimate, but that's not the right word. Um, what I, what I think it was, was kind and what friendship is. And I thought that was, it was a real blessing. Kelly was a real blessing in that moment. And she's got a new kid. Uh, she, I think she adopted somebody and she got a husband. And like when I was on Facebook and I would see pictures, it was, it was like she was living and, and none of this is, is accurate because I'm sure that none of this is true. But my perception of like the pictures on Facebook and other forms of social media was that she was living in like a mining camp out in Colorado somewhere in the hard scrabble something or other. And it was because it's always her and her husband outdoors with their dogs and absolutely no sense of landscaping anywhere, like none. And so like, there's not a shrub or a controlled bush or to my knowledge in any of these pictures. So it just sort of seems like they're homesteaders, which my, which is funny because of who my memory of, of Kelly is, because I don't really, I didn't come back to this idea of, oh yeah, Makes sense. Kelly's a homesteader. Curse, on the other hand, makes sense. She's a homesteader. I don't think she's a homesteader, but she's. It makes sense. She's a homesteader. Um. So. So. Kelly, I just, I just wanted to say because, I think it's worth saying, that uh, Kelly single-handedly changed my life uh, when we were in college. So. Kirk and Kirst and Bob and John and Kelly and Greg and my my entire, we'll just say, social circle was in the professional theater training program. And they, that's, they were essentially professional theater training, professional theater workers. And Kelly was a costumer. And, uh, if you know me now, you know that I'm I'm colorblind and I tend to dress in three colors, uh dark gray, light gray, and black. And uh in college it was even more pronounced because I was a punk rock child who wanted to be a poet. So yeah, it was all fucking black back then, I think, but I don't know cuz I don't remember. Um but neat I've never, I've never had a sense of the importance of, I'm, I'm just going to say fashion or clothing, if you will. And, uh, and like with the, the sets and stuff that Kirk and Kirst built and the actor stuff that, that John was doing, I had like, I had a rough sense of all of that, but 
what Kelly talked about was this was these really sort of small window pieces of significance like this specifically things like this collar is incorrect or this collar is correct and i use that as an example because if you were to ask me if a collar from 1850 in a play or a movie or a tv show was correct i would in my head just doubt the the significance of that question like that's not a thing anybody gives a shit about does you know but in fact that is a thing people give a shit about and kelly was one of those people and she uh she would come to our house and stuff like that and she had books just these i, I can't even like i think they're professional books of resource knowledge for her being a costumer. And I think some of it was stuff she was collecting and, and it was, and she would, we would talk about it every now and then and not a lot to the point where I don't know that Kelly will remember doing this, but we did, we, we would sit in the weird, we would sit on the weird sofa in the living room. Um, and, uh, and she'd show me pictures of things or we'd, we'd all sit there together and she'd show Dee Dee and I pictures of things. That was a lot less frequent than the other one. Um, then I would, we'd drive Kelly home cause she lived, I think she lived far away or far enough away that at night we didn't want her walking home. I don't, I don't really know how I got roped into driving her home all the time, but I really liked it. So so Kelly would would show me this stuff, and I would then I would go to shows to to theater performances, and I would find myself looking at different things, um, specifically the costumes, because now at that point in my life, I knew that someone had paid attention to to create whatever that was, whatever was whatever collar was on that character's neck was appropriate and significant. It was a change and a choice that someone made. And so I thought it was, it was, it changed, it changed how I, I, it, it really, not to overstate, but it, it changed how I perceived the world. And it was cool because for me, there's, it's always been these sort of small incremental ticks of a bezel to realign my perception of art and experience. And Kelly is one of those clicks in my life. And I'm eternally grateful to her for that because before Kelly, I didn't I didn't think about the the collar on the actor in Jurassic Park or in Howard's End or whatever. But after Kelly, I I am acutely aware of, of that stuff. And as a result, like when I watch period piece movies or television, or when I'm lucky enough to go to the theater and and know that 
the costumes are are significant. It uh, it enhances my experience and it enhances my life a little bit, or it enhances my life quite a bit. So I think that Kelly has changed my my life, and I'm Kelly. You're going to get to listen to this before we post it. So I just wanted you to say, or I wanted you to know that I'm super grateful that uh, you took the time to teach me about and I'm going to get this wrong, clay buttons versus other buttons versus this kind of stitching versus that kind of stitching. And, uh, and I'll be honest, I wasn't a great costuming student for you, but at least you know that, uh, it's now something I pay attention to. So, so thank you, Kelly. Thanks for, for teaching me that, Somewhere right now, there is an artist who is struggling to secure the appropriate brim and wrapper or whatever it's called on a top hat for an off-Broadway play. And they're working hard with their actors to, to find the, the right hat for the character. They're not just putting a baseball cat cap on a guy from 1738 because dudes from 1738 didn't wear baseball caps and only the costumer would know that. Well, actually a lot of people probably know that, but for the sake of this podcast, only the costumer would know that. So that, uh, yeah, so that this is the, I'm going to wrap up my first issue here of the solo talking podcast and uh i'm pretty stoked that uh that i did it feels pretty good just so everybody knows we did it in one take i, I didn't stop i really kind of uh settled in to 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 doing it so there's your closing with a little bit of navel gazing um and yeah, so I've been I've been lucky, and we're gonna keep talking about the things that I think are cool. If you have anything you want to talk about, um, you can hit me up on Twitter at Citizen Dino. But like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna respond on Twitter, uh, and I don't know that the podcast has a has an I don't think we have an email account. Probably should, but we can we can start one or something like that. Um, and please, Hey, the other thing is, is when we're together all these years, we've never talked about this. It'd be cool if you could write a review or, or something on iTunes. I'm not fully sure as to how that helps us, but when I listen to other people's podcasts, they always mention it. So if you could do that for us, the way you do for others, that would be cool. And, uh, yeah, so it, it is, uh, 805 Thursday. January 14th, 2020.